faithwire.com. Is Iran possibly plotting assassination attempts against former Trump officials? Today is Tuesday, January 11th, 2022. I'm Dan Andros. We'll have that top story and more on today's 4 and 3 podcast from CBN's Faithwire. Four big stories, three things you need to know about them, all from a Christian perspective. That's what we do here. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. We're here Monday through Friday. We'd love to have you with us, with me, as always. Well, not always. Sometimes they're off skiing or <laughs> not they coveting or Trey. whatever the case may be. Yes, that's true. Fair <laughs> point. But Trey Gons Phillips and Billy Hallowell, also from CBN's Faithwire. What's up, fellas? Living the dream. Hey, hey. Yeah. You know, we're not, I'm not skiing, but I'm here and I'm okay, happy good, to be here. Good. So, yeah, whatever you say, Trey. Yeah. What do you have right. coming up? So uh, I'm going to talk about Pope Francis. He's calling out cancel culture and has some uh, has some strong words hmm. about it. So we'll talk about that. All right. Yeah, we're also going to be talking about this 18-year-old mother who allegedly was caught, and I can't even believe this story, but throwing her newborn baby in a dumpster. We're going to talk about My that goodness. Story. I cannot. Yeah. I cannot. It's horrible. Horrible. So we also have, guys, uh, just some other stories I want to mention before we dive into story number one. For the first time in history, doctors in Maryland transplanted a heart from a genetically modified pig into a human. So, well, yeah. Not sure how I feel. This is interesting because the guy basically, he had no other choice. His body wasn't going to accept a regular human heart for whatever reason. And so they are just making this last ditch effort. I guess if you had another, no other choice, it's kind of like, all right, either die or try the pig heart. I guess you go with the pig heart. So, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I mean, listen, we, we got to pray that this works. It could be really interesting. I know it's a it's a slippery slope and there are a lot of, you know, medical issues that people have around this and moral issues, but it'll be really interesting to see if it works. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just a fascinating story all around. So I'm interested to see what the what the outcome is, but yeah. it's a weird headline. Indeed. And uh, it's been a banner year for uh, Georgia. The uh, Bulldogs defeated Alabama in the college football championship last night. That's their first national title since 1980. This is, of course, after uh, the Atlanta Braves won the World Series. So uh, nice uh, sports run there for for the Georgians. And, of course, this is after uh, they were punished, you know, for the All-Star game for, for all of the voting laws that uh, the <laughs> Democrats were complaining about. So they went ahead and pulled it out of there, but... They've responded now with two national titles in different sports. So you got that going. So, all right. Let's uh, let's just dive in here, guys. I'm gonna hit, I'll head into story number one here. Um, this is Iran threatening violence against Trump officials. And the U.S. has responded with warning of severe consequences if Americans are attacked. So we mentioned part of this on yesterday's podcast. Um, but... You know, with the White House saying that Iran would face severe consequences if it attacks any U.S. citizens after Iran announced sanctions against dozens of Americans, 51 of them to be exact. And we all know that Iran uses like these proxy militias to attack American interests uh, in various parts of the Middle East. That is common practice for them. And uh, so what you're seeing here is that these 51 Americans were being allegedly targeted over the 2020 killing of top Iranian military leader Qassem Soleimani. And Soleimani, you may recall, commanded Iran's Quds Force, and that's their overseas division of their elite Revolutionary Guard, 
Um, he was the architect of Iran's operations throughout the region and had been doing so for years. Now, just to give you an idea of how horrible this guy was, um, I had appeared on Fox News after an op-ed I wrote shortly after the death of uh, Soleimani because I actually saw in Iraq this guy's handiwork firsthand and it was at a refugee camp, an IDP camp, and there was a kid there and he had not been uh, hurt by ISIS this time around. They'd been chased out of their town by ISIS, but this kid had had a hole drilled in his leg by Soleimani's henchman when he was like four. And he was probably about maybe 10 when I saw him or 12 and um, was just like a shell of a human being. So they were doing that too. And his mom was murdered, executed in front of him. His dad was tortured. So this is what Soleimani basically is all about. I mean, he's a heavy handed, you know, terrorist you know, violence, intimidation, all of that into one. That's what this guy was all about. Trump took him out. And now Iran is, uh, interestingly, now saying that they're going to potentially assassinate these American officials. So um, uh, so we'll see. I mean, it's a good response from the administration now to basically put their foot down and say, uh, no. Should Iran attack any of our nationals, including any of the 51 people named, they will face severe consequences. And, um, you know, that's that's the message that we should be sending because um, Iran has shown that they are capable, guys, of, of pulling off these sorts of things or at least trying to. Um, they don't really have any actual... <laughs> they don't have any restraint in this sort of stuff. They want to wipe Israel off the map. Um, they're They're fanatics. So it's 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 yeah it's it's not out of the realm of possibility that they would try something like this. So um so just an interesting story and of course, you know, why does it matter? Well, I mean, this is you don't want escalation uh, at any point and of course, we don't want Americans to get harmed. And so uh you know, we'll be keeping an eye on this, but you know, that's just another one of these issues that that the Biden administration is attempting at least to deal with right now. Well, they would have more restraint, you know, if they were nervous. And I think that's mm-hmm, one mm-hmm. of the things that, you know, we try to figure out, well, why now? One of the challenging things America's dealing with right now is that our image, not only at home, but across the, the world is not necessarily the strongest. We yeah. walked out of Afghanistan and, you know, we, I think that a lot of people are wondering how committed is America to being, you know, a, a power in the world and not just at home. And so mm-hmm. that's a fair yeah, point. You just wonder how much it's going to fuel these sorts of things. Mm. Yeah, and you know, I've heard a few different um, European journalists and writers talking uh, more that are more conservative leaning, looking at Americans saying, "What are you guys doing?" Uh, like to your point, Billy, uh, they've talked about how what's you know, what's going on in China, what's going on in the Middle East with potential escalations there, North Korea. Like there are any number of issues. Uh, and they said, you know, we look here in the United States and all y'all are doing are, are bickering with one another uh, over things that are seemingly trivial. Like, obviously, there are important things happening domestically that need to be discussed and figured out and all that stuff. But it seems like so much of our fighting is just over political perspective. Like, it, 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 you know, we're not doing anything of any substance while so many people around the world are needing leadership uh, and we're not really stepping in to provide that. So I think it's just as for believers, it's a real opportunity to mm. pray. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. 
All right, story number two. So Pope Francis is condemning cancel culture as fundamentally at odds with human existence. Uh, I think he's probably onto something there. So we'll start uh, (laughs) number one with the details. So Francis said Monday during a speech that cancel culture is invading many circles and public institutions. As a result, agendas are increasingly dictated by a mindset that rejects the natural foundations of humanity and the cultural roots that constitute the identity of many people. Uh, You know, in the end, what we've seen, I think, over the last few years is that cancel culture does little more than erode diversity and individual identity. Uh, And that's really what Pope Francis was warning about. He went on to say, under the guise of defending diversity, talking about cancel culture, it ends up canceling all sense of identity with the risk of silencing positions that defend a respectful and balanced understanding of various sensibilities. He also condemned what he called one-track thinking that ignores the, the nuances of history and really forces people to rewrite the things of the past using today's standards, which he said is just is pointless because you can't uh, apply today's rubric, cultural rubric uh, and moral rubric to that time to to bygone eras anyway. Uh, But also if you try to do that, you're not gleaning any sort of wisdom or lessons from anything uh, because you just end up erasing it and saying we can't discuss it at all. Uh, We've seen that's uh, what happened in in any pre-Civil War history in the United States. We can't really discuss it at all anymore uh, because it's problematic to even discuss it or talk about it. Uh, That's so we've seen so many, or at least that's part of why we've seen so many protests and statues being taken down or destroyed or moved. And there are good arguments to be made for different positions there. Uh, but certainly erasing space for the conversation is not, uh, is not helpful at all. And renaming everything under the sun is not going to do any sort of healing work that, that, that people seem to claim that it will. Uh, so point number two here, like cancel culture, cancel culture uh, it just ends up killing trust, I think, between people. And that's another thing that Pope Francis talked about. He said that in order for world leaders and people from different countries and cultures to come together to combat common causes, there's got to be what he called reciprocal trust and a willingness to dialogue. Uh, he said that trust requires listening to one another, sharing different views, coming to agreement and walking together. And I think that's the problem that we've created is we can't, since we can't even have these conversations, how are we going to get to the point of, of mutual understanding or walking together through something uh, if the conversation from go is a problem. Uh, so it's it's interesting to see the Pope condemning this, uh, and I think it's good. So why does it matter? Like Pope Francis made similar comments around Christmas time. Uh, he called out the European Commission for a leaked internal documents that suggested members not wish people Merry Christmas because they shouldn't assume that all people are Christians. Instead, they sh- I know. Instead, they should go with just like the generic happy holidays or, or just avoid it altogether. Uh, and there were several other things that they talked about too, like gender identity and all that. Uh, and he said that eliminating these cultural differences, which should be celebrated, is dangerous and even warned that it's what dictatorships have tried. So, you know, good for Francis for calling this stuff out. My theory is that everyone hates cancel culture, guys, uh, but everyone is afraid of being canceled by the powers that be so they don't say anything, uh, and we're just watching it all crumble. So uh, good for Pope Francis for calling this this stuff out for what it is. Yeah, maybe he's just got uh, something coming, a, a statement that for, that he's, he knows is going to get released, right? And so he's like, ah, we shouldn't be canceling everybody. Right. He's, so he's just <laughs> priming the pump here. Yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But it is. It's good. I mean, that, you know, we need more of that because 
as we've seen, the cancel culture stuff is obnoxious. Yeah, absolutely. Nobody, nobody grows or learns if no. if you're canceling. That's the other part of this. If somebody does something that's wrong and they need to learn from it, there are different levels. I think there are there are things that all of us could say, okay, that thing was so terrible that nobody's going to justify it and allow people to get passed on it. But what he's speaking about are very basic things that up until Obama changed his mind, everybody agreed with, right? Or yeah. or culture agreed with, or whoever the person in charge was, they changed their mind and suddenly culture shifts. So anybody who holds the old idea is now bad and you're going to shut them down for, for really basic notions that have been at the forefront of, of human history. These are well, not shocking positions, yet we treat them as such. And look, I think a lot of it is people need to learn to stay in their lane. I think social media taught us that there is no lane and that everybody belongs everywhere. And the reality is if somebody does something in their workplace, uh, for example, uh, and they end up being disciplined for it appropriately, we don't need to all like dogpile on. Like not everybody in the United States needs to have an opinion over something that somebody said in their workplace. Like that that's being dealt with in their life. We don't need to just dogpile on and say like, this person is absolutely irredeemable. So we need to cancel them all together. It's like, I mean, these things have a way of working them out. We can work working themselves out. Like we can, we can discipline people uh, or, or go through the process of redemption without just a Eliminating their value altogether. Yeah. 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 Well, the, yeah, it's the heavy hand of not just government, but of social media, right? But when exactly. government gets involved, and we've seen this with bakers and, and others, you know, throughout culture who do something the government doesn't like, and they find themselves essentially being, being canceled. It's, it's a little scary. Mm. Yeah. All right. So I guess that brings us to yes. my story. <laughs> to which, you. You're up, William. Which, you know, sorry to, um, <laughs> you know, make anybody feel bad here, but this is not going to make you feel good, this story. It's a sad story. It's a tough one. Uh, usually I have a positive one at the end. This one is very sad, although although there's a silver lining on it. And the story is about a teenager um, who is being accused of throwing her newborn baby into a dumpster and discarding mm -hmm. the child. It's an incredibly disturbing story, and one of the, the pieces of this puzzle, and I guess to sort of break it down, there's video. And so this video shows um, this woman, the individual in the video is believed to be Alexis Avila. She's 18 years old from New Mexico, and the video shows a woman tossing something into this dumpster. It's a garbage bag, and inside that bag, there were individuals who... It was 2 p.m. when she threw the bag in, around 8 p.m., so six hours later, three individuals are going through this dumpster, doing some dumpster diving, looking for anything they could take away that's worth anything, and they heard a cry, and they thought, what is that? They dig through, they find a bag. Inside the bag is a baby, a newborn mm. baby, and this is just an incredibly disturbing story. According to authorities with the Hobbs Police Department, when they sat the woman down to talk with her about it, they claim that she admitted it, that she said she didn't know she was pregnant until around January 6th. She had stomach pain. She went to the doctor. She found out. And for some reason, allegedly, the decision was to purportedly throw this baby in a dumpster. Um, really, really disturbing story. But the baby, as far as we know, the child was in a serious condition, but it, so far from what we know has survived. I mean, that's the silver lining in this story, I think you could ask the question, why does it matter? And I think, obviously, implicitly, this is a crime. It matters. It's horrific. But there are some deeper things here. We don't know what was going through this individual's mind. Um, obviously, this is not something that somebody thinking clearly would do. Um, but the fact is, it was done. And there's a real question about value of life. The mm. officers said when they interviewed her, 
she uh, kept referring to the baby as it. And they asked her at one point, what did you think was going to happen when you put the child in a bag and threw it out? And she allegedly went silent. And so there, there's some real questions here about value, but I'm not going to lie. The, the first thing that my mind went to was this person had a child, allegedly didn't know they were pregnant. If she had made the decision to kill that child, you know, three days beforehand at yeah. an abortion clinic where it's legal, that would have been okay. It would have been celebrated. Uh, right you know, shout your abortion. And yet here, and my mind could not help going there because she's being charged with um, a number of, of crimes and felonies, obviously attempted murder, I believe is one of them. Um, so you just, you look at these things and you think what in the world is wrong with our culture that it should all be horrific, but yet yeah. we don't treat it all horrifically. Hmm. It's really interesting that w that point that you make, Billy, that we, are seemingly unwilling to reckon with the moral question there. And we've really got ourselves in some sort of quagmire, I think, because it's like, what is it that just four, three, four days before that was a morally, would have been a morally acceptable and celebratory decision to make. But just a few days later when the baby's outside of the womb, but either way, completely capable of surviving, then it's a big problem and the, the woman is, is rightfully charged with the crime. It's like, what's the moral difference here and why are we unwilling to have the conversation? And I think the reason that we're unwilling to have the conversation, I, I know the reason, is because there is no moral difference between the two at all. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, another interesting thing on this story, there, there are a lot of obviously sad, but also just interesting things. Those guys that were dumpster diving, essentially, you know, sometimes you know, a situation you might be in can be used for something bigger than you. And, you know, I doubt that these guys that were sifting through the trash kind of thought they were going to be essentially heroes for finding this baby, you know? Um, and I, I think that's just one of those kind of instances of divine providence where somebody was used, you know, in a situation like that. Yeah, absolutely. It's cool to see how God can orchestrate and use people, whether they're believers or not. We don't know anything about them, but it's really cool to see how God can use people uh, in such incredible ways. I mean, this really is kind of, we don't think of it as, as a miracle story, maybe right off the top, but it's a miraculous story how they happen to be in the exact right place yeah. at the exact right time uh, to yeah. get this baby who had been there for six, seven hours. Uh, so really just an incredible story all around of God's goodness well local there was one local affiliate that did call it a miracle story they were openly saying that for the exact reason you just highlighted and you know we talked a couple weeks back on the show about how yeah you kind of have you have to ask that question why do some people live and some people die why do some people get miracles and others not you know this baby i'm imagining there's a real purpose here yeah. and who knows hopefully the baby survives but there's a real purpose to this that we can't see because we're not we're not God. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think it is a miraculous story in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we don't know. I mean, you know, people, I know a lot of the critics, like the Freedom from Religion Foundations of the world. Nothing fails like prayer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, they'll say, well, how come there was, you know, this situation in the first place if God is good? It's like, well, that's not how it works. You know, right. God is weaving all of these things. What we intended for evil, God will intend for good. And so there's there's sin in the world. God's allowing a certain amount of it for, for whatever reason. We don't know, but he has his purposes. And so um, we can celebrate in those moments when God is merciful and God is kind. And, yeah. and it's and it's obvious for us to see. So and it reminds me of 
Sorry, no, I was no, just gonna say it reminds me of that passage that God works all things together for, for yeah. the good, and a lot of people stop right there. But it's like He works all things together for the good of those who love Him. Yeah. Uh, so you know, at the end of the day, as believers, we know that whether it's the good we see, quote unquote, happens on this side of eternity or not, uh, is up to God. Like you were saying, Dan, it's it's, it's in God's sovereign plan uh, that is lasts eternity. It's just, it's not just our 80, 90 years here on Earth. Um, so it, it, it's good to hear stories like this because it puts in perspective that God does use all people uh, who have, you know, who, who trust in him. Uh, and it's just we don't always know how it's going to shake out or what it's going to look like. But we still know that God's yeah. in control. Well, you want to go back. I would love in 25, 30 years to go back and find that baby. Like yes. what happened yeah. in that person's life? And that's mm. what we don't, we're not God. So we don't get to really do that. <laughs> Every once in a yeah. while you get a story you could follow up on, but that we don't get to do that. But, but he knows, right? So. Mm. Indeed. All right. Well, that is all the time we have for this episode. Um, as always, head on over to cbnnews.com, faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. Um, Democrats are looking potentially to get rid of a filibuster uh, there's that news story going on today and more over on CBN News and Faithwire. So go check it out. And we will be back here tomorrow with more. Until then, God bless. Have a great rest of your Tuesday. <laughs>